Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clements each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Dawson. Pow, pow, pow. I am Sam Nifty Delaney. So what? Do you know at the beginning, just as we're about to record, you always go, yeah. are you ready? And I go... Yeah. I'm ready. And then we press record, right? It yeah. always reminds me of one of my favourite things on the internet that um, from the earlier days of online creativity was when right. someone in X Factor, do you remember? I don't know if you ever used to watch X Factor, but Cheryl Cole, they, they'd do like the judges' house. I mean, it used to be X Factor around 2010 was one of the fucking funniest programmes you could watch. Well, that that was the glory years of Twitter, yeah, when yeah. X Factor would be on, yeah. everyone, everyone was watching was it and everyone in. was being fucking funny about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I used to get pissed and people used to, um, my wife used to sort of try and take the phone off me because I'd get so into it because <laughs> I was at heat at times. Also, I'd always know like behind the scenes gossip from what yeah, was going was on life, in the house it? Yeah. and you weren't supposed to like say it and I'd be like, yeah, like fucking, <laughs> <laughs> he's a fucking cut hair having it off in the ass, by the way. Right? And we'd be like, don't do it. But um, he's only got one ball. Yeah, I've had it checked out. But uh, it was just a tiny thing that someone did around that time because the judges' houses was funny, wasn't it? And what yeah. I liked about it was it was also utterly contrived, and yet everyone, mm. myself included, took it so deadly seriously. It's yeah. sort of like the wrestling back in the day. Do you know what I mean? Like exactly. Big Daddy yeah. and all yeah. of that, where you know it's all staged. But nevertheless, you get really emotionally involved in it. And yeah, at the judge, if you're a child, yeah, at the judges' houses, like Cheryl, they were all funny. But someone just did this thing where there was it was always awkward because someone had to walk into the uh, sort of a, the living room, into the lounge, and just stand in front of Cheryl Cole or whoever, and they'd have some awkward small talk, and then just start to sing in this empty room. Which is always a weird thing, where it's just one person singing to another person, right? I mean, I've, and I don't think it was their actual houses either, was it? it was no, just no, it was, a, it was a rented fucking rented timeshare in fucking Portugal <laughs> that Simon Cal had got a deal on. <laughs> it was very. No one ever questioned why that that happened. No, what, it doesn't make any sense, no, but, does it? But you got to understand as well, like a lot of. I mean, I I feel bad and snobbish saying this, but a lot of the morons who watch that show and get mm. really, really into it they assume 
that all celebrities live in sort of completely white marble palaces in exotic locations mm. all the time. So you don't really need to explain it because that's how people just visualise what the life of Louis Walsh is like full time. <laughs> yeah. And what and uh, Sunita is always hanging around at Cal's place in a dress made out yeah. of massive palm tree leaves, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. And uh, some girl comes in. And just goes, and Cheryl Cole was always like, you know, sort of like a lovely, benevolent aunt. Do you know what I mean? Like your mum's yeah. mate who's going to look after you. She was uh-huh. like, so, oh, I'm sure. so, she's so I'm nice. Sure she's like that in real life as well. Yes, she probably is. She goes, <laughs> are you ready? And the girl went, I'm ready. Right. And then she started singing. But some funny cunt on Twitter edited it into this really long thing that I couldn't stop watching whereby they just looped it so it was Cheryl Cole going are you ready and then it cuts to the girl she goes I'm ready and then it cuts back to Cheryl Cole with a long pause and then she just suddenly goes are you ready I'm ready (laughs) and then just inserting in sort of awkward bits where they're both neither of them are saying anything they're just blinking silently and then after ages Cheryl Cole goes are you ready she goes, I'm ready. And she never starts singing. And it went on for an absurdly and uncomfortable long time. And I think about it all the time whenever we say to each other, are you ready? I'm ready. Ready? We do that. Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> but it was great, wasn't it? Like um, Wagner, mm. Wagner, yeah. Jedwood. I mean, yeah. Wa- Wagner was the best though. Oh, apart from who I've talked about before, Ablisa, those two girls that started having a fight with each other. I've forgotten that. Oh, yeah, look it up. It's like... Did they get to the judges' houses? Or no, no, kind of... they just came into like... Um, is it boot... No, it's not boot camp. It's whatever the... Or the first bit is where they just all the turn the audition, up. wasn't it? Yeah, where everyone yeah. just fucking rocks up. And these two girls walk on, quite young, and they start singing, and it's shit. And then Simon Cow gives them a, like some harsh feedback... And one of them just... <laughs> Are you going to say Simon Cowell gives them 100 quid if they'll fight? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's the true story of it, yeah. Yeah. Now, listen yeah. here, girls. You're absolutely <laughs> awful. You're ghastly. But I can see a role for you on this week's episode. Here is £100 that Sunita... Between you. That, that my assistant, Sunita, is going to hand you in an envelope. Right, in return... No, no, ah, 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 it's not yours yet. She's just dangling it there. What you need to do to get your hands on this £100, girls, is to fight each other. <laughs> Have a bitch fight. I will put it on ITV. Yeah. yeah. You'll be in all the newspapers. And the ad revenue will be immense, right? Um, yeah, so basically, they came on, they did a shit song, cows slagged them off, and one of them did the classic sort of, yes, Sir Ellen, thank you for the feedback, Sir Ellen, that kind of response <laughs> that people do on reality shows, which is what you're supposed to do. But the other one's gone, fuck that, what do you fucking know? Like, literally something like that, giving it the, what do you fucking know, you're a fucking idiot, yeah. or something like that, right? And Simon's just sort of rolled his eyes and shrugged, oh, God, how ghastly, get them off, right? Um, but the, the the other one of the pair is so annoyed at a mate, for for being mm. so rude that she says don't talk to him like that and then she fucking lamps her one in the side of the head <laughs> and then the other one lamps her back and they just oh, have, they have a they have a fight and that's it and then basically that's what entertainment 
was, or I don't know if it still is, but yeah, it's basically Simon Cow paying the working classes to fight on primetime television well, on I a mean, Saturday the, night. The, I don't know if it's still the same now, but the, or even if it's still on, but the the audition element of it used to be, let's laugh at mentally disadvantaged yeah. people. Yeah, 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 that's For it. all our entertainment. That is, it, it, was, did, it did become... It did become basically that, but you know we were all complicit because I was fucking loving it. I was clapping. Oh, we loved it. I was clapping yeah. and laughing like an idiotic seal throughout the whole thing. Well, that was it because we the whole walk- ghastly spectacle. We we weren't as woke back then as we are now. That's now, true. Nowadays, we'd immediately go. Well, that's just laughing at people who are mentally subnormal. Do you know what? Though? Do Look that. at that. That's only ten years ago, right? Yeah. And people, so far. people go. And when I say people, I mean even like you know me and you. Sometimes we'll go like, oh fucking, hell, it's all gone a bit far. Like we'll moan about our daughters lecturing us nonstop about being politically mm. incorrect and all this stuff. But actually, what it results in is progress and. The you know the vanguard of any movement is usually very extreme. It has to be revolutionary. It has to fucking just mm. break shit and be mad, right? So what you see is people at the vanguard being sort of insanely politically correct, and it even upsets generally liberal blokes like us. We're like, oh, fuck's sake, calm down, stop lecturing mm. us on everything. Yeah, oh, can't say anything nowadays, right? But ultimately, if if the people at the very front are fucking like behaving like that. The trickle down means that quite quickly, even normal society becomes ten to twenty percent more polite and kind, and yeah. co- and and considerate is probably the word. Yeah, good. I mean, I think that's kind of what we're doing on this podcast. Well, I don't think that we're at the quite at the vanguard of political correctness. To be fair, <laughs> so I think we're like at best somewhere in the middle. <laughs> we're, it- are we not agents for social change then? Is that not what this no, is? Well, I think that we might be playing a small role, but I'm saying the people at the fucking front who are bulldozing down, uh, what do you call it, barriers, right? Yeah. These are the nut- what we would call almost nutters who will, mm. like, they're having a go at you for just, they're the thought police, right? Mm. They're extreme political correctness. They would hate this podcast, right? But yeah, what I'm saying yeah. is... If you go, you never hear it. If you go one hundred and ten percent one way, then society might fall behind and just be forty percent that way. Yeah, and that that leads to a general improvement. So, like you say, X Factor was the biggest show. I used to say it's, it's it was as big for a period as the Premier League. Those were the two biggest things in terms of our culture and society entertainment. The Premier League and X Factor, and it was similar in that it crossed all. It crossed gender, class, age, region, everything. Everyone was fucking talking about it, right? Now, I Mm. don't know. Does it still exist? Did they change it? I don't know. Did they change what? X Factor. The X Factor. I don't even know know if it's still on or not. I don't know if it's still on. But speaking of of morons and (laughs) ITV, um, I found myself watching Family Fortunes last night. Who's present, isn't it in, Gino Janelli does it Gino now? Gino DeCampo is oh, yeah. doing it now. Gino. The man, who, yeah. the man who burgled Paul Young. I know. 20 years ago. I can't believe. What kind believe, of message does that send out? Uh, no, not a good one, right? Because it shows that this society rewards crime. Because what kid doesn't grow up dreaming of one day presenting family fortunes. I know I did. It's, I'll be honest. I mean, it's embarrassing. I'm, I'm 45. I'm bald. I'm past it. But the flame still flickers somewhere, right? Yeah. That maybe I, one day, maybe if it st- was dropped by ITV and ended up on like some obscure 
digital channel. Like, mm. what do they like? Is it Challenge TV or something like that? Challenge TV, yeah. And that, like, their budgets were slashed. Then maybe still, Delaney might get the call, right? Mate, mate, I often think there's loads of stuff on those shitty little channels that me and you would do a proper <laughs> fucking job on. Yeah, well, we just haven't been asked. If yet. you're listening, Sir John, Challenge TV, right? Uh, but you know, at the end Not of the day, mate. That, at those, the end of the day, those but, ones where fucking cunts go around. On the, the train. side and look at stuff. Oh, I'd love yeah. that. that. That's my dream job. I mean, I'll be honest. The thing is, the lifestyle we have doing this podcast, right, is, I mean, the idea of going, I've never, in my experience of making TV, I've always hated filming. And that is why, ultimately, I'm not cut out for it. That was why, ultimately, I got sacked from... <laughs> Um, that crime cr- crime invasion UK show that Raggy yeah. Omar ended up nicking off me, right? Yeah, <laughs> it was for a lot of reasons. One was is that I refused to be at all racist. That's the positive mm. that that reflects well on me. But the thing that reflects negatively on me is that if I'm honest, I fucking hate filming. I hate it. Right? I hate yeah. the process of filming. I don't find it exciting or glamorous in least. I find it depressing and boring. Right? And so I was really kind of unhelpful in the process of making it because I just wanted right, that's done. let's do the next bit right I'm impa- yeah. I was impatient and yeah. wasn't willing to like basically do the film what do you mean you've got to do another shot i just done that I'm not doing it again yeah. I did it brilliantly hey I was going home now it's 5.30 I'm going home for my dinner well we just need to film a bit longer no fuck off Right, so it was because I hated it, and I hate it in a studio. I hate it especially out and about. I fucking hate it. So the idea of having to leave my home rig where I sit now, podcasting with you in my tracksuit, right? Yeah. Um, and then maybe you know going downstairs having a cup of tea afterwards, right? Having to exchange that for going out, <laughs> COVID or no COVID, putting on potentially not just clothes but a suit, which I very often mm. would wear on TV, putting on a suit, iron shirt. Getting in a fucking taxi. I hate riding in taxis. I mean, boo-hoo, by the way. I fucking know. Oh, yeah. Fucking hard life, Delaney, you cunt, right? I'm just saying, that aside... Look, I am a cunt, yeah. But that, all of that, me being a cunt aside, right? It'd have to be something <laughs> special. But that special yeah. thing is... Anything where I get to just wander around looking at things outdoors. That, to yeah. me... If it's just on those things... If it was Andy and Sam... Look at stuff. Look at it stuff. On the Discovery Channel. Count yeah. me. Yeah. I mean, I would do that. I'd do it more or less unpaid. If we well, could I go. Mean, we could do. We, we could do a version of Mortimer White House has gone fishing, but where we just go around looking around scrapyards. Gone digging. Or car boot sales. What about gone digging? digging? Yeah. yeah. Scrapyards would be good. Um, Britain's best recycling plants or Britain's best yeah. dumps. Do you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. you talked to me a I've, bit about your dump up in Sunderland, and I'm fascinated now because I've only ever actually been in my life to one dump. Yeah, and like you know how the other people dump. Yeah, yeah. I, I would like to know that because I've always thought my one's pretty good. Because even the one I go to now is even the one we went to in a kid because we'd drive across borough lines to go mm. to the good one. Because Next we lived time in we the borough. Tour. Yeah, yeah, we should check them out. Next time we go on tour, we'll just t- find a bag of stuff and just. We'll empty out a bin in the street into a black bag and then just take it to the dump. Yeah, no. And ceremoniously no, and dump something. Have to, wherever we go as well, we'll have to... We're quite good at accents, so we'll have oh, to yeah, adopt are, the, yeah. the local accent because if yeah. not, that's something that they'll check because they'll go, you out of town. Like, of course, imagine, yeah. imagine if you rocked up at a dump in Liverpool 
and they worked out that you were a Macken and I was from London, they'd be like, eh? It's like scout swabbers you got there. <laughs> and we'd have to be like, course it is. What other kind of rubbish is it going to be, you dizzy? <laughs> it better be. You ever come up from London with that, have you? <laughs> nah, I would bring fucking cockney rubbish up here, contaminating our rubbish. <laughs> what do I look like? Scum. <laughs> That's the worst crime you can commit in this great sissy. Oh, God. <laughs> but um, getting back to Family Fortunes, fuck me. It was just a complete display of fucking stupidity from start to finish. It's an hour long now. It used to be fucking 30 minutes. Mm. And it was a tight 30 minutes, wasn't it? Do you know what I mean? The format was fucking yeah, yeah. There was tight no, as fuck. There was no fat on it. Yeah. There was no fat on it at all. Now you've got fucking little videos at the beginning about the families that are on it. Uh, who cares? They themselves. You've got Gino fucking interviewing them. The yeah. fucking... The, the round at the end, the, the, the round for the grand prize... They, they discuss the fucking answers that they've given uh, afterwards and uh, fuck me you, you know the, the lowest point this is the maddest two minutes of television I think I've ever seen mm. right and it'll be on ITV player whatever it's called go and have a look at it from last night one of the questions was we asked a hundred people what is a thing that a dog would do that a human wouldn't be able to get away with doing and there was various answers, and at one Eating point, the, shit is obviously the, the that top was, that answer. Was something like that, yeah. yeah. Urinating in public was like the top answer. Um, Fucking on someone's the, leg. The yeah, well, mm-hmm. this was it. The answers were running out basically, and one of the contestants says, "Humping, humping a cushion or someone's yeah. leg." Yeah, and Gino De Campo was like feigning ignorance, going humping, humping. Oh fuck! And he went, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Turn it in, Gino De Campo, in in the middle, in front of the the fucking question area, in the right, in the middle of the set, starts simulating dog sex. Ah, this is eight twenty five on a Sunday night, the day of our Lord on ITV. I'm not one of sounding racist, but this is why you cannot let Italians host British game shows. (laughs) Because I thought that I didn't want that. to see it. They'll do. They will fucking do that, right? They'll. They will. So then, they will start humping if you fucking give them a chance. It gets worse. Right. It gets worse, right? So De Campo's simulating dog sex. The audience <laughs> are in uproar, right? And then they go to the next member of the family for their answer, and it's a fella, and they ask him, and he says, "Can I just do something?" And he takes his girlfriend's hand, who's the next contestant oh, with God. him, and he leads her out into the middle of the the arena oh, no. where the Campbell's just been doing dog sex 30 <laughs> seconds before. He gets down on one knee and he proposes marriage to her. Oh, my God. What? So no fucking build-up or context. Just like, all right, cunts, no. I'm about to do something here. Watch this. Yeah, oh and he just leads her out God. and he gets on one knee and he proposes marriage to her. I mean, there's nothing worse than the public marriage proposal no. because the, the recipient, almost almost always the woman, is duty-bound to fucking say it's yes a, because it, of the it, scenario. It is a wedding. You know what like we said recently? That if someone invites you to a, a renewed, to renew, to watch them renew yeah. their wedding vows, it means that one of them's definitely 100% in court fucking someone else, right? Yeah. It's a similar role with public fucking, it doesn't mean that they've been caught fucking, but what it is, is, is you know that that is a doomed marriage. Yeah. If it begins with a public proposal, it is a doomed marriage. Yeah. Yeah. There's an element of control there that needs to be and, and eradicated. And if you're, if you're listening to this and thinking, wow, 
I propose to my spouse publicly and we're still happily married. Yeah, well, fucking enjoy it while you can, mate, because your marriage is doomed. It might seem happy now, but it's It's fucking doomed and it's built on fucking sand. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry to break it to you, but it's fucking true. So, obviously, she said yes. That was just the most mental fucking two minutes of telly I think I've ever seen. Family Fortunes last night. And well, it just reeks, saying, of, it reeks of desperation. It reeks of desperation, things like that, because it stunts. Oh, it Whether it's, it's Gino Ginelli doing, doing like a dog sex time, <laughs> right? Or it's fucking proposals. It reeks of desperation. But when you had your monk house fucking presenting it, do you think he yeah. would have stood for that kind of thing? That would eat into his fucking gag time, right? It'd be like, exactly. you fucking cunts. Listen, he would say this. This is what monk house would have said. He would have said, listen, this is show business. People mm. are tuning in to watch me, a consummate showman, entertain them. These other cunts that you fucking wheeled in, right? These muggles off the street, they're props, right? They're stooges. Yeah, they're wallpaper. They're, 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 wallpaper. They're, they're there for me to use as comedy props and stooges. The only value in this show is the last five minutes where they might win 10 grand. Yeah. And that's where they're coming to play. The rest of it is just about me, me. and me gags. It's me. I mean, we yeah. can just as easily just call it Bob Mungashar, come on and just like start doing my funnies, right? Fuck all this other shit. No one wants to see that. I'm not, and, and oh, uh, can you imagine a producer saying, oh, uh, Bob, we've got this funny little bit where what? someone's going to say humping. Yes. And you're going <laughs> to pretend at first you don't know what humping is, right? But then you are going to, you're going to realise what humping is and you're going to start miming it. And Monkhouse is like, listen, cunt, right? Look at this. You know what this is? This is my joke book. I've got about a thousand fucking jokes on any fucking subject you can dream think of. God, ask me anything, right? Tadpoles, right? Hang on a second. Turn to the T page. Yeah. Right, how many tadpole jokes you want? I've got the lot, right? I've been working on my act since I was about fucking three years old, right? I'm a legend, right? People would watch me read out the fucking telephone directory, right? You're working with a and master. rolling in the aisles. A master of fucking show business, right? And you, you fucking squirt, have the temerity to come here and tell me to fucking fill a one-minute segment of this half-hour show, waste it on pretending to have dog sex. Are you out of your fucking mind? I am calling Michael Grade now, right, to have you fired and blacklisted from the whole television industry. Jalapeño. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Jalapeño. Gino Gino's like, yeah, sound good. Sound good, yeah? I do the humping bit, no problem at all. I do anything for money. You want me to cook some spaghetti on this one? I wouldn't mind, but I don't even think he's a decent cook. I mean, you know. Do you reckon? He'd boil up a bit of spaghetti and chuck a fucking jar of pasta mm. sauce on it. He doesn't even some make prawns, most stuff. I don't like, yeah, I don't like his cooking. Um, and, you know, obviously the burglary is probably. I don't like any TV cooking, Sam. I don't like any yeah, fucking I know, you TV hate cooking. It. I tell you the what, idea of. Go on. Go on. 
I tell you what, right? I know you don't like it. I like. I really like it when, but only when. It's not it's never to do with the food. It is to do with the personality of the chef, right? So, right. I could watch Nigella. I've, I've never cooked a Nigella recipe. I don't think in my life, right? But Nigella is so wonderfully strange. She is a strange character. She is the sort yeah. of character that you want on TV, right? It was. It's mm. a throwback to the Golden Age showbiz where. You're only allowed on TV if you're exceptional. Now, they kind of want everyone to be normal. Oh, just like me. I don't want someone to be like me. I want them to be fucking marvellous. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, be extraordinary. Right? Yeah, exactly. And Nigella is an extraordinary person who is fucking weird. Like, she's just talking and then she'll just all of a sudden stop and look all weird with, like, goggle eyes at the camera with a smile, laughing at a joke that she is the only one. I mean, it's like, they yeah. might, it, you know, she reminds me of in her mannerisms. It's hard if you don't know the bloke. But some of you might feel you do. She reminds me of Pancho from the Flats. Because when you're talking to Pancho <laughs> from the Flats, right, you are aware that there is a separate conversation going on in his mind that only he is aware of. Yeah. And he responds to that while you're in a normal conversation with him. And you're sort of like, that's weird. He just giggled out of the blue for no reason, right? And it's because he's having a separate conversation. He said, that's like Nigella. I've mentioned before that I've got this subscription masterclass, right? that I got last Christmas. I've got a two-for-one deal. And sometimes I dip in and out of the lessons on They've got so many incredible lessons, right? So my favourite one is the former FBI negotiation chief teaching you the art of negotiation. That's brilliant. Mm. Um, And they've got loads of other ones. The other night, I watched Gordon Ramsay teaching you how to make mashed potatoes, or as he calls it, pom puree. (laughs) Right? Now, I was watching him do his thing, right? And my wife came in and said, what are you doing? I said, I'm watching fucking Gordon Ramsay making mashed potato, aren't I? And she went, oh, fucking Gordon Ramsay. I said, I'm not going to lie. I could watch Gordon Ramsay do this all fucking day because he is so mad and strange. He mm. even looks strange now, right? He's, he's like super muscly and he keeps referring to mm. his muscles as well, which I find brilliant and hilarious, right? He's going, <laughs> he's going, look at these forearms. No wonder I'm good at mashing potatoes. I mean, are you serious? Jesus look at them, Christ. right? But... He is mad. He is so mad. His mannerisms are mad. The things he says are mad. His intensity. He's so intense. Like, you think, oh, now he's just obsessed uh, with being a celeb, which I'm sure he is. I'm, he, he strikes oh, yeah. me as a sort of man who adores fame. But you see him in the kitchen, and you think the reason he's still on top of his game in his industry is that he is, like, absurdly obsessed. And, like, you're watching some. In a way, it goes back to what we are saying about X Factor, in a way. You are watching someone with a sort of a mental... <clears throat> illness of a sort which is which is sort of OCD like he'll be arranging his knives and rearranging them constantly and he'll break off from what he's saying because he's trying to explain something to you and it's not really edited like a TV show because it's just a straightforward here is a video and he's just like he'll sort of break off from a really important bit of the recipe and just sort of zone out and stare at his knives and start moving (laughs) them around in different positions because you know he's got fucking OCD and a lot of chefs are because they have to be so organised and disciplined yeah and he'll be doing like weird shit and like wiping counters down. And he's just a strange eccentric man. So I know you don't like uh, cookery on TV because a lot of it just seems pretentious. But for me, it's, it's, not that. it's, it's not all that. in the it's, personality it's, of the chef. Uh, well, yeah, but it's not that. It's like they're cooking something, right? So you need to be able to taste it and smell it. Mm. And you can't do any of that. It's like we've cooked something and here it is. You can look at it. Yeah. And you can, and you, that's all you're getting. That's what, off. I'm not my interested. dad said that to me once when I said that I was into watching I can't remember what cookery show it was uh, it, it, it was probably my favourite ever is Ramsay's <clears throat> Kitchen Nightmares like right. 
It is so funny. It's one of the funniest fucking well, programs. Well, th- that's the thing. I mean, Gordon Ramsay's basically based a fucking career on workplace bullying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, that, but it's entertaining you know, to watch. In, in it, well, it, it's like it might have been great ten years ago, but in our new work environment, I'm not fucking having it. You should see him in the USA one though, because there's a lot. I of, have you, seen you, it. My son, my son watches clips of it on YouTube. Yeah. and thinks it's fucking great. Yeah, because yeah. in the USA, a lot of them in, in the in the British one, some of them were very timid because they were very British. And he just mm. went in and he, he was a proper walks into the room and goes, all right, cunts, right? And then yeah. just starts cunting them all off. Uh, it's, it's quite harsh. In America, it's a bit funnier because in America, first of all, they all have to call him Chef Ramsay, which is just amusing. But also you get a lot of guys who are wannabe tough guys. So he rocks up mm. in places, there'll be like a tough guy in New York who thinks he's a little bit Tony Soprano. And yeah. and he starts trying to talk back to Ramsey, so Ramsey has to ramp it up further, and it goes fucking bananas at times, and it is entertaining. I mean, I just think he's a madman. Um, but my dad has the same attitude to you. I told him once, and he went, "What cookery shows?" And I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> and he looked at me with like utter disgust and contempt, and I he went, "A person cooking on television? You like watching that, do you?" And I was like, "Yeah." And he went. He said something like pathetic, right? Which is basically how my dad speaks to me about everything. It's isn't yeah. it? Pathetic. And I was like, why? why is it pathetic? I like it. Right? And he's like, well, it's what like... about cooking? It's like pornography, isn't it? He goes, you're watching it. You're never going to do it. You can't hear it. You can't taste it. You're just watching it and like voyeuristically taking pleasure in something that someone else can do. And I was like, and it's the same pathetic so, reasons people watch porn. I'm thinking, yeah, you dirty bugger. I bet you've had been on it. I mean, his generation, they didn't watch porn because you, you, you'd you only get it if you were willing to go into a CD shop in the red light yeah. district. It's a bit of a hassle. Yeah, they could just get out your phone within 10 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, I mean, getting back to Family Fortunes, I'm not saying that people are a lot thicker than they were. 10 years ago or 12 to 30 years ago when Monkhouse was doing it <clears throat> but the scores last night was Family 1 got 492 points Family 2 got 49 <laughs> that's how fucking bad it was Is it- and also the bit at the end where you've got the five questions to answer for the jackpot yeah. they now get 20 and 25 seconds instead of 15 and 20 seconds to answer those five questions and that's because people are five seconds thicker than they were 30 years ago. Who are the best three presenters ever of Family Fortunes in order? Well, there's only been three that's been any good. You've yeah. got Monkhouse, who's yeah, number obviously one. number one. Yeah. You've got Les Dennis at number three. Yes. But you've got Max Bygraves at number two for comedy value. Yeah. Because he was so fucking useless at it. Yeah. It was brilliant. <laughs> but he had a catchphrase which was big money. Big money. And he would shake his ass. You need hands. He was a big cockney, wasn't he, by Graves? Yeah. Big money. I don't know why they thought of him to do it, but it was a bit of a Danny Dyer presenting the wall sort of a move. It was. It was. It was a left field choice, wasn't it? It might have worked. It might not have. But they got a couple of years out of him. No, I totally uh, agree. I think those are the top three. Um, I mean, was it Vernon Kay that did it when it came yeah, back? Fuck yeah, off. I never watched Vernon Kay. I, I don't mind Vernon Kay. I think he's all right, but um, nah, I never, I'd never. i fallen out of love with the show by then. Um, I don't know if anyone else did it in the meantime, but no. Nah. 
But Ginelli no. is a uh, is a is a low point for the show. De Campo, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Gino, Gino Ginelli's an ice cream, isn't it? I know. I just like calling him that though. Gino, oh Gino Ginelli. Well, this takes me back to one of the worst. Getting back to Nigella, though, I heard her on Five Live the other day, and yeah. I tuned in midway through the interview, yeah. and she must have a bit of a cough or something because her voice was really hoarse. Yeah. And I didn't recognise her. And I thought, who the fuck is this? She's fucking mental. Yeah, yeah, she's and completely mad. And it was like you mad. were saying. She's and completely at the end, it was like, mad. thank you, Nigella. And I went, ah, yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, yeah. she's completely mad. I do, what I do think is interesting, though, and I, I suppose I've got to be careful legally, but fuck it, is when she was in uh, quite a long, messy divorce case with her ex-husband, uh, Charles Sarchi, right? yeah. A lot of shit came out, like it, he played dirty, right? And a lot of mm. shit came out. And she had a couple of personal assistants who turned on her in court, right? Oh, and, yeah, I remember and, that. Yeah. And they, they claimed, they alleged, which she denied, that she was non stop on the iron filings, right? Non stop yeah. on the iron filings. And they had all these stories like, Everywhere when they were tidying up the house or empty her pockets, there was always rolled up notes. She would sometimes borrow money off of them if she didn't have cash to get it. And anyway, yeah. I'm sure she denied this and it was just an allegation. But what I found interesting is that when I read it, I was absolutely astounded because I thought, fucking hell, this is quite a big allegation, right? It's a class A drug and she is a bit of a national treasure, right? Mm. So suddenly finding out, that she that she is allegedly if you think of the way the press treat other people like i mean i'm struggling to think of a, of a of a of a thing now but you know like someone who's just been caught having a toke on a spliff right mm. sometimes will get monstered by the press and i like nigella i don't wish like harm on her and actually if she did have a drug problem again my personal view is people with a drug problem deserve only sympathy and care right mm. never condemnation or judgment However, it was interesting to me that a story comes out where they're going, you know, Nigella, who plays this sort of character who is a domestic goddess, who has the perfect family, the perfect children. It's always throwing wonderful dinner parties and all the rest of it. You know, the ultimate fucking bourgeois dream, right? Yeah. Is fucking shoveling it up her nose like <laughs> fucking nobody's business nonstop. Here, here's the good example. Daniela Westbrook, right? Daniela Westbrook. Yeah, yeah. Fucking yeah. hell. Oh, Daniela Westbrook. Oh, look at her. Oh, what a coke whore. Fucking hell, her yeah. nose has collapsed, right? Nigella fucking got away with it scot-free. Now, it might not be true, of course, right? Um, but the point is, I I felt that that was a big revelation that got, like, one hit in the papers and then was brushed aside. And I think mm. it was because she's posh. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. Absolutely, no question about it. Yeah, it just doesn't. Daniela, fit. Daniela works as um, a whipping boy, if you like, mm. someone that can just knock about in the tabloids because there's, they've got no investment in her. They've mm. got no emotional investment. They've got no financial investment. But Nigella appears in uh, books are serialized and all the big fucking yeah. broadsheets. She does columns and shit like that. She's one also, of them. It, it doesn't yeah. quite fit with an easy narrative, like for their for yeah. the audience. It's like. A, they can make us easy story that's not difficult to understand where you go, here we go, we have cast this working class actress who used to be in a soap yeah. and now we can easily she's portray her as being washed she, up and desperate. It's she's just, had loads of money. She couldn't look after her money properly. Yeah. She's working class and she yeah. doesn't know how to just do like that. Just like they do to Reem Sterling and all the footballers. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and then they go, 
yeah, this is an easy narrative. Everyone gets it because it's a cliche. It's a story they've heard a million times before. We can only really deal in cliches. We can't tell more complicated stories than that. But Nigella is, this is the opposite of the life that she is presenting. Now, if it were true, not saying it is, probably isn't, just want to get that on the record, but I'm just talking now in an abstract sense. Mm. The correct thing to do is when people switch on the TV and they see someone living this Nigella lifestyle, right, in this perfect home, and she's always rocking up in a black cab back from wherever the fuck she's been, and she's, I've just picked up a few essentials on my way home. She's like, (laughs) she's kept the motor running, the meter going on a fucking cab. She's jumped out at a fucking deli, right, done a one-er on a load of fucking mozzarella and other shit, right, (laughs) more than you'd do in your weekly big shop, but just for that night's tea, right? Yeah. The motor's still running. It's a factor that costing as well. She's jumped back in. Then she's got back to her fucking really nice home, right? And uh, it's it's immaculate. There's nothing. There's kids there, but don't worry about that. There's no toys out or fucking shit, right? <laughs> there's no gormless kids sat in front of the PlayStation. They're all, like, doing their fucking homework or whatever. Fuck knows who's been looking nanny. after them. The nanny, right? And she's going, oh, I've got some pals coming over. Oh, pals, are they? Yeah, two Booker Prize winners, a poet, the head of the fucking BBC, right? Roald Dahl. Roald Dahl, right? Tom Stoppard, right? (laughs) All the cunts, right? They're all coming round. It's going to be fucking awesome. And I've only thrown it together. It wasn't even a big plan. It's a Tuesday night. It's just happened. We were on the WhatsApp group. said, come round mine for dinner, right? So they've all come round and she's no, not... that's not dinner, it's supper. It's fucking supper. <laughs> Fuck me. And so they, she's knocked it together. They've all come round and then you see them all having a great time. They're drinking, but not to excess. They're not getting pissed up because they're middle mm. class, right? Now, the problem is with all of that, and this is not inverted snobbery, what it is is, is that by presenting that picture as quite normal and easy, you're put, piling yeah. a lot of pressure onto other people... Because they watch it and they think, fucking hell, my life's not like that. But that's how my life should be. Well, no, because the lifestyle she is leading, right, in West London, is that of someone who is not just a millionaire, someone who has several million pounds, almost an endless amount of money, right? But they present it as almost normal. It's not called how to live like a millionaire. It's just called Nigella Eats. It's like... This is just how you can eat. I mean, it's a really simple way to cook. It's a really simple way to live, right? Just get a cab home, stop at the deli, pick up some fucking imported mozzarella, invite fucking Mariella Frostop <laughs> round, make a cocktail, fucking bingo. Night sorted, right? <laughs> but you're fucking sat wherever the fuck it is. You, you know, maybe you're a single parent or whatever. Even if you're not, even if you are a middle-class person with a good job, right? That is an out-of-reach fucking lifestyle that involves lots of pressure and a load of unrealistic yeah. fucking financial equations, right? And you're on the gack, right? You're a parent, and you're like, I'm fucking struggling to be a good parent. But to be honest, I'm so exhausted that when I do have a moment to myself, I end up having a fucking bottle of wine and, like, half a gram of gear just to fucking make the most of the <laughs> tiny amount of time I have that is not fucking working or looking after kids. But then I feel awful about it, and it's probably just me, and I could never admit to any of it because I'm full of shame, right? And I feel that people will judge me. The right thing to do would be for Nigella to come out and go, listen, right, hands up, confession time. I know I've been making out like I've lived the fucking perfect lifestyle, but guess what, cunts? That perfect lifestyle does not exist. No one lives it. It's impossible. 
even if you've mm-hmm. got a bottomless bit of money, it is impossible both financially and spiritually, right, to live a life like that. And guess what? I'm so busy and tired and I put so much pressure on myself and I'm so involved in the fucking relentless fucking um, hamster's wheel of fame, right, and attention. And I've got so much shit on and I'm so fucking anxious about losing it all that basically I've fallen into the habit of just doing coke morning, noon and fucking night, right? I am shoveling it up there like fucking Quo in the 80s, right? <laughs> call me, my mates call me fucking Rick Parfit for a joke, right? I am fucking bag on it, up me ass, up me nose, through me eyeballs, any which way put loose. I can't, I fucking love the stuff. And, uh, you know, it's a shame and I feel bad because I'm also uh, a mother, uh, a wife, I have responsibilities, but look, this is some way the way life goes. So what I'm saying is don't beat yourselves up about it, cunts. Get help. That's what I'm doing. I'm making myself accountable, right? That's what she could have said, if it was true, which it isn't. But I'm just saying think of her as an abstract symbol of the what I'm trying to yeah. discuss. But instead, she denies it, right? The papers sweep it under the carpet. And poor old Westbrook in the meantime, was she doing fucking panto in bloody Milton yeah. Keynes? Or not even pull out of it halfway through. Yeah. She can't cope with it. Because of the pressure. Because her fucking head's done in. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, well, there you go. Um, That's life logistics for today. Uh, We didn't get around to answering any of your questions, but I like to think we've maybe imparted some kind of advice. Yeah, I mean, it it is in a way. It's like, don't put pressure on yourself. Watch those shows, but no, it's just the same as watching fucking... What's that one where um, Mickey Mouse is a wizard? (laughs) Fantasia. Yeah. Look at it like that. Right, that watch those shows in that spirit, right? Or think yeah. of it as watching like Vic and Bob. It's sort of a surreal comic presentation. It's not real. It yeah. is not a real yeah. thing. So don't think yeah. that that's how you should be carrying on. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, I'm just thinking about the family fortunes last night. One of the questions was thinking of Mickey Mouse. One of those jackpot questions that you got to answer quickly was yeah. um, name a cartoon animal. What would oh, you yeah. say? Uh, Mickey Mouse. You've just said Mickey Mouse, so you could say Donald Duck, or the yeah. top answer was Bugs Bunny. Yeah. Um, first fella, name a cartoon animal. He says, Lion. <laughs> lion who? And then, and then his sister, when she did it, name a cartoon animal. Uh, a cat. A <laughs> 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 oh, oh, cat. Was it Roy Rice Jr. on there? A <laughs> oh, cat. Meow. Cartoon cat. <laughs> that I'm was not like the, the, the legendary anymore, ones, but... but I don't know if they're true or urban myths that they claim where they used to do compilations of the funniest ever answers. Yeah. Name a bird with a long neck, Naomi Campbell. Yeah. And I the other one was real. Name a Dangerous Race, and they reckon someone went, The Arabs. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not sure if either of them check out because neither of them sound like questions that would legitimately yeah. be posed. Like, name a dangerous race. I can't name a real-life dangerous race. Well, I think they've come from a stand-up comedian set somewhere at some uh, point. Yeah, yeah, okay, but, fair uh, enough. There we are. That's it. Top, uh, top flight time machine, life logistics. Get your questions in. We'll try and answer some next time. Yeah. Take the FN. See ya.
planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.